from the Bibbs Music Room. I'm your host, Bibbs, and here we're going to talk about music, inspiration, life, and everything in between. Now, here we go in three, two, one. All right. Hello, guys. Hey. What's up? All right. Today we're joined with Miss Cantaloupe Bray. That's awesome. Do you guys want to quickly just introduce yourself? Sure, I'm Christina. I'm the singer-songwriter of Miss Cantaloupe, and I play guitar. And I'm Sean Youngman, and I play the drums in Miss Cantaloupe. Perfect. And you guys are a five-piece? Yes, right now we are a five-piece. Awesome. Do you want to just talk us through your genre um, and maybe introduce the other members of the band who aren't with us today? Sure, yeah. I would call it like a dream pop outfit, and we have have a flute player, Joey Catrimbone, on the flute. Um, we have Bex Rosenblum on the cello. We have um, our bassist, Mike Parisi, who also does sound engineering, mixing. And singing as well. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of harmonies in the band. So Bex and Mike have been singing backups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been playing the drums and sometimes sprinkling some handpan in there. Um, we get a lot of cool, weird instrumentation on the albums. We have help uh, from some alumni members, too, who aren't in the band actively right now but they still join us in the studio so sam gutman uh who's currently actually playing keys with miss lauren hill which is crazy oh my but, goodness yeah wow but we have him on our record so that's really cool that is awesome and wow. we've been playing with a trumpet player recently too who's that's a great so cool. friend of ours yeah. so where do you find all those like different instruments because around here like <clears throat> Finding like guitar yeah. players and bass players is hard enough, but like yeah. finding like trumpet players, cello players, flute players, how do you how do you go about finding like those members? I feel like that's the magic of the city, um, mm-hmm. of living in Philadelphia, just because like that's where artists kind of can come together, and just the fact that we've been in community for so long with the South Jersey music scene and the Philly music scene, um, you kind of just like find your people, mm-hmm. and you're like, wait a minute, you play what? All mm-hmm. right, let's yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of jams too around like we play a lot of festivals so you run into a lot of people who just have their instrument out Mm -hmm. they're jamming around a campfire or something and I'm sure we met a few people that way Mm -hmm. Um, definitely you guys have such a unique sound and I love it I was listening to you guys on my drive here and I was like oh my gosh I I love it Um, but how did you guys develop this sound um, just from the beginning I think it's always come from like a place of like whimsy Mm -hmm. Um, in my brain. I feel like the music started from like a place of like nature worshiping and also just like an emotional escape. And then just the friends that we found along the way to embellish it have kind of created that those textures Mm -hmm. with us. Yeah, I feel like we were kind of like, you know, involved in this like hippie scene, this like festival scene. So a lot of that influence uh, has come into it. And a lot of um I mean, we have friends who are in like the bluegrass scene as well. And I don't know, it's just like kind of an amalgam of all these different mm-hmm. influences coming together. But I know in the early days, we were bonding over some bands that we liked when we first met. And mm-hmm. um, we really loved like psychedelic music. And I don't know, yeah, influences like, I don't know, of Montreal and like mm-hmm. York and like, you really liked Beach House in the early days. And, yes, and Rubble um, Bucket. Rubble Crumb. Bucket was a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then recently like bands like Crumb really influenced yeah, us. Sure. And yeah. Sweet. And how long has it been going on for? Was it been seven years now? I think seven. I think maybe. we're at seven. Almost eight. Mm-hmm. 
So have you seen like a pretty big development in the style, the sound of it, or has it stayed pretty similar to what, how you started? So it definitely started off with me and Sean, and we had another guitar player at the time who has moved on and now plays fiddle and guitar and, yeah, is living his own biggest dreams. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, we've seen a lot of member changes happen mm -hmm. throughout um, and a lot of evolution happening through those member changes. Yeah, people brought different influences for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that early guitarist, Andy McLeod, he was an interesting influence for us and everything. And yeah, we co-wrote together, so that was fun. Yeah, and we had Ken Shumsky in the band for a while playing bass, and now he lives in Hawaii and plays in like a bunch of reggae bands in Hawaii. So there's also a reggae influence in the band. Mm -hmm. Definitely, because um, Sean has a big reggae background, so we, yeah. can, we can't get away from that too much. <laughs> yeah, I used to play in a reggae band with Ken, so... Um, but yeah, different various members definitely influenced the sound. Yeah. Sam Gutman definitely influenced the sound with some, I don't know, psychedelic synth sounds. And and then there's the handpan influence, which I, I brought into it when I got into handpans in like 2016. So that's like a special weird percussion to add to the mix. Definitely an mm -hmm. otherworldly kind of sound. But yeah, the, the chamber pop sort of sound is interesting. Having the cello in the mix, having the, the flute in the mix. I, I just feel like there aren't a lot of bands that utilize those yeah. timbers. Yeah. So yeah, interesting textures in the band. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you kind of run us through your process of writing as a five piece, you know, incorporating all those different sounds? Mm. Do you have like a process that has seemed to work for you guys? Well, usually a song will just start from like a thought and mm -hmm. I will just kind of go with it. Maybe it's like a chorus or a verse um, and then I get into writing my stuff and then we kind of, what, bring it to the band and start vibing on it. Maybe we have some melody ideas. Maybe me or Mike throw some melody ideas at Bex and Joey and ask them to play it on the flute or cello. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like a lot of it can be like it's an emotional release for you and you have this idea all of a sudden mm -hmm. and then you show it to me and then I'll add something to it and we'll bring it to the band and fill it out. And usually it's a mostly completed idea with like then the collaboration really happens in like the bridge, the <laughs> yes. intros and the <laughs> outros and uh, and everyone kind of writes their parts into the, the part that we the parts we've already created. So mm -hmm. It's like that's the strong foundation usually and um yeah it's cool how everyone adds their parts and it's very collaborative for sure that's sweet and i, I know you mentioned one of the uh bandmates does sound engineering mm -hmm. right yes so is that um does that help with the recording process oh my god yes kind of a <laughs> mastermind behind it yeah. yeah are you guys recording your own stuff or do you go to a studio yeah, so Mike works out of Cambridge Sound Studio in South Philly, and we actually were just there recording two, two nights, nights ago, and um, it's so cool because he's like he's setting all everything up, setting all the mics up around the drum kit, then he's grabbing his bass and he's playing too. So not only is he recording us, but he's playing at the same time, wow. which I'm just like, yay Mike, <laughs> yeah. good job. That's pretty cool. It's crazy. That's a lot, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we usually record live, like the rhythm section live. Mm -hmm. So drums, bass, guitar happen like live in the studio, and then oh, so we usually oh. add the other layers afterwards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, gotcha. Uh, just because it's like less moving parts, but like you still want that organic like right. foundation material. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've gone to the studio with them a few times, um, and they have just three members, and but um, yeah, with three members, it's pretty easy just to do like, track by track. Like we'll, yeah. we'll play it all together and. 
like suck out like the guitar and bass and just to get like a solid drum track and then we'll add the other things on afterwards totally nice. yeah we like get those punches like the drum track i think is the most important thing yeah. in the studio yeah. you get that in a nice room and then you can always like fix the bass if there's an issue fix the yeah. guitar if there's an issue mm-hmm. but yeah i know like sometimes they'll be working on a song for like what seems like a week straight and i'm like why is it taking so long? <laughs> but how long does it take you guys typically to do a whole song? Well, we do like a day in the studio doing our stuff together, mm-hmm. like getting the foundations down. And then we'll book studio time for the cello and flute. And then we'll book studio time for the vocals. So usually oh, they're yeah. all separate occasions. Or mm-hmm. like, I don't know, our last album we did, I kind of did all the vocals around the same time as the foundation yeah so our last depends. album we booked four days in the studio and we got through just, as much as we, we had could. like a set list of like mm-hmm. eight songs and we just like played it played it again played it again played it again we had like four takes of the whole set list and then we just like chose our favorite like sort of like we really vibing for the third take of this tune um mm-hmm. so that's how we kind of laid that stuff down for our new album which is called lemon bops and melon drops uh, the way we just did it the other day, though, we were doing some new stuff, and we kind of just booked, what, four, five hours, mm-hmm. and we just, like, decided we were going to get it, and we went in, we played each song, like, five, six, seven times, and we were like, okay, we got what we need for sure, and um, yeah. yeah, it's going to be some a little bit of work in post, but it's going to be cool. For mm-hmm. sure. We do a lot of pre-production work, too, so we usually will have it in our heads like for a whole month like okay everyone practice these songs and like make sure you know exactly what you're going to do in the studio it's like when you hit the studio it's like only a couple takes just to get everything like really well yeah Yeah. ideally Ideally, (laughs) sometimes with my band like we try to do stuff like that but sometimes it's like oh i have this different like a completely different idea and we're all learning it like on the spot in the studio so sometimes it's like a little bit like back and forth of like being really prepared and then like learning it while we're recording it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that studio magic can sometimes happen where you're yeah. like, guys, what if we did it? Like, what if the outro was like this? And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. totally happens all the time. Yeah. And it's exciting when it ha- you have to just let it. Yeah. Yeah. Let it But happen. as someone who just like goes and listens and stuff like that, I'm like, that sounded perfect the first time you guys did it. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Everyone has their little yeah. things, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like I can hear these microseconds. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. I didn't quite nail that transition. Mm-hmm. We got to do it again. Yeah. It, it's it's always so funny. Like, as like a listener, like most people like don't notice all this stuff. But, like mm-hmm. being the one that played it, it's like every time you hear it, you're like, oh, like <laughs> like I play drums. So, like I'm like, oh, like my left hand was like quiet on that one tom hit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, can I live with this? Like, yeah. Can I hear this? Like, it's like times? a li- listener might not no but like I'm gonna be like oh my goodness I'm gonna hear that every single time mm-hmm. totally yeah I, I get fixated as a yeah. drummer in the studio as well I'm always kind of like oh, that <laughs> could have been a little better you know sometimes yeah. you don't want it to be like under your skin so you want to make sure you get that really good take sometimes it takes a little comping and you know we did this last session like everything to a click the session before that we did everything like very organic and flowy we were like we're gonna get whole takes so that it has that real organic feel and there's a little push and pull mm-hmm um, and it feels really natural, feels really good. I think the flow of it is like the best stuff we really recorded yet. So I'm excited for people to hear it. Mm-hmm. And you guys mentioned your new album. Is it out yet? So our new album we just released on Patreon. Um, so it's it's accessible with a paywall. Mm-hmm. And yeah. with that paywall, like Sean has been putting so much work into our Patreon to give people content. 
um, so that, you know, they have something that they can, you know, enjoy while still supporting us financially mm-hmm. so we could keep recording. Yeah. Because it's expensive. Yeah. It's a bit of an experimental release method. This is like the pre-release method still, mm-hmm. like where we're totally. like, okay, you can pay, you can hear it now, and everyone else is going to hear it in a few weeks. It'll be mm-hmm. on like the Having streamers. Having to be like uh, successful. Yeah, we had um, yeah, a pretty so successful pretty release. Because um, it's weird, you know, you, people don't necessarily want to buy CDs. Like some people do, some people yeah. don't. Some people want vinyl. Some people mm-hmm. just want digital. Some people are just going to stream no matter what. So we thought we can get people to hear it, be excited about it because it's coming out like in advance here. And also they can see a bunch of live videos and, you know, archived footage and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so far it's cool. We got some people joining our Patreon, and that awesome. feels really good. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to probably put a single up really soon on the streamers and on Bandcamp, and then the whole album will follow in like a week. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So be on the lookout. You know, it's yes. coming out. It's awesome. Do you want to walk us through kind of the concept of the album? Hmm. Lemon bops and melon drops. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. It's a, It's like a snapshot of the band with this group. So we, we were like yeah. a couple of years working hard with this group of people. Actually, it was before Mike joined the band. We had Donnie Coco in the band, mm-hmm. and they're an amazing bass player and singer. And we wanted to like capture this time because everyone had been working so harmoniously, so well together. The harmonies are so good. Um, the tunes we've been playing a lot a long time at this point. So mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure we captured that. Um, we kind of knew that Coco was going to go off and do their own music. And things just felt like a little impermanent. And I was like, let's capture this snapshot of this band right mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. we went in, we captured the tunes. And it took like since we started recording to completion, probably a year, a little over a year. And now it's ready to go. But really, we recorded it mostly in like a week. It's just all the all everything the takes longer than you think with yeah. post production, mm-hmm. yeah. mixing, yeah. mastering, all that. Mm hmm. But yeah, it's sort of this collection of tunes we were playing together where everyone collaborated, where this specific sound is all mm-hmm. present. Mm-hmm. And I think moving forward, you know, we're going to hit another phase, another chapter, what the sound is going to be like. So it's cool to have this chapter well documented. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So with, um, you said like you got to like a handful of members like here and there, like some coming in, some coming out. So <clears throat> I know with some bands, sometimes like, if it's like one, like a four piece, and they've all been playing together for like years and years and years, and like one member switches, sometimes it could be like a drastic change in their sound. So, <clears throat> do you think like your the sound still like kind of stays like the same, even though the members change, like they keep like the same vibe going, or is it like like they change it and it's kind of like evolves into like kind of its own thing as like members come and go? I mean, I think. You know, we as as a band are always evolving, and I do think that the, everybody that joins the band has an imprint on it. But in the same token, I feel like that vibe, that original concept, that this kind of like fantasy world that we came from, where Miss Cantaloupe came from, Cantaloupia, like this whole kind of like fantasy land we put together is still present with every like version of members we've had. We've had a lot of female vocalists come in and out. Um, and just like those harmonies are so important to like the center of our sound. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, it's always been fun and we're just grateful for everyone who's like been all along on the mm-hmm. journey with us. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, we also coined this term cantaloupeate. So <laughs> everyone in the band, everyone who joins the band kind of comes to understand like what we would consider to be cantaloupeate, you know? And there's right. like some things that we wouldn't really do on a Miss Cantaloupe record uh, or like live. Um, there's sort of like a, an aesthetic, like a visual and mm -hmm. an, a sound aesthetic mm -hmm. that we're trying to sort of like hone in on. And people understand like, you know, within these parameters, there's like all this freedom to do this stuff. But, you know, we're not going to bust out some crazy hardcore breakdown or anything like that. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't be cantaloupeate, for mm -hmm. example. Yeah. But So what is, <clears throat> everything is kind of like going off of like the cantaloupe thing. So <laughs> where, where did that come from? I feel like so we were just like high, right? Like, and we just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we were kicking around band kicking names. around band names. Like, we came up with these like kind of alter egos. Princess Paradigm is like one of my alter egos, and like I don't know, we just like Sean had mentioned the name Miss Cantaloupe, and I was like, I got stuck on it. I was like, that's it, that's it. <laughs> um, and like from that name, like this world kind of like, which mm -hmm. was already forming like had a yeah. now a face and an identity yeah so it was like a concept band in the beginning mm -hmm. and um kind of like the way you know coheed and cambria has like a whole world of mm -hmm. i don't know characters and events and a whole world we we sort of were doing that as well and mm -hmm. have been doing that um but i think as we've evolved and matured the sound we're we're getting away from the need to like hide or anything in those themes we're kind of like feeling more like writing from a more personal place and just letting it be more standing on its own mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah, I think as a songwriter, for me, it's been like um, interesting. At first, things were shrouded. I like wanted to come from this fantasy world where I can like dump all of this, like, I don't know, inspiration into. And now I'm kind of like um, revealing my true self to mm -hmm. the public. So it's been a journey. Yeah. <laughs> So did you guys uh, have previous bands before Miss Cantaloupe was born? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I joined my first band in college. Um, I, for, I don't know. 2018. I was in college around there. Um, Tutley. And it, it was my best friend at the time. We're still really close friends. And um, yeah, we had a really successful run. Really good band. Gotta check Thank out you. Totally. Yeah, if you like Miss Cantaloupe, I mean, it's very dreamy it's sound. Similar. similar sound. Definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. You Close can definitely hear the Totally yeah. influence in Miss Cantaloupe. Mm -hmm. And I used to play in various bands. Like, um, I actually started in the punk rock world, and I was in a band called Sold Short, and we played on the Warp Tour. Um, that was an early thing. And then I got into Sunny Shine and the Underwater Sounds. We shortened our name to just the Underwater Sounds, and that was like a reggae kind of funk fusion kind of thing then i was in philly funk hustle simultaneously with that band for some years and i also played in uh, another band which is active sometimes uh pan song where i play hand pans and there's drums bass and guitar and that's fun it's kind of like a proggy psychedelic rock mm -hmm. kind of band so you're kind of like all over the place with like genres and stuff like you could do like some of the heavier stuff some of the lighter stuff some like funky stuff totally yeah, I I'm love kind that, of like, like weird place. time signature stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, some challenging material for sure. Yeah, I came from like the same place. Like, um, my first band was, it was like a technical death metal band. And for a first band, it's like a tough one to be in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really heavy, that. really fast, and like hard time signatures at the same time. Mm -hmm. And starting out with that, I was like, <laughs> it, was, it was challenging. But yeah. then from there, I took a huge turn and went to funk rock. 
and then playing funk. It was like funk slash like maybe a little psychedelic in there, because like everybody has different influences. So like, yeah, I had like a very big like Chili Peppers like influence. Nice. My the bass player also had like a very big Chili Peppers influence, and the guitar player was very much like into like Grateful Dead and stuff like that. So it was like we had that kind of like psychedelic type of thing added on to like the funky stuff. So that's awesome. It was a good mix from there, and then from there I was just in a cover band for the last like five or six years, and then. After, like, years of that, I left that and then went to my current band, Airspace, where, like, alt-rock. So I kind of went, like, all over the place, like, really heavy, really funky, like, lighter stuff, and just kind of, like, all over the place with, like, covers, and now, like, alt-rock. So, nice. yeah, it's kind of been there with you, like, going all over the place with, like, genres and stuff. Yeah. But, um... Love that. Yeah. With, um, coming from, like, a kind of, like, punk area, <clears throat> do you feel like uh, that has as heavy as an influence as, like, the other things you've been in with this group? I would say there is definitely some influence. Like, Mm -hmm. I've always been, like, a song guy. I really love songs. I love listening to, like, an album like Green Day's Dookie or, like, you know, some of those Mm Blink-182 albums where I I just, like, love the structure. And um, also, like, the 90s. I love, like, 90s alternative. Mm -hmm. I love the structure of those songs. And that's, like, the radio I grew up with. And I just feel like if I can, you know guide a band to make songs with cool structures I think that that's like a win for me anyway I don't know it feels good and I, I've been in a lot of bands where we kind of jam endlessly and leave things open ended and you never know what you're going to get and yeah. sometimes it's very cool and sometimes it's like I don't know I guess there's like only so many times for me where I can like go see like a Grateful Dead band and, and be like okay like you know, I'm looking at my watch and I'm like this is like a 20 minute song what's going on right now <laughs> oh, sometimes it's amazing I mean yeah, I've been in places like that there was um, you know the band Fish oh yeah I was about uh, to I, mention Fish yeah. <laughs> they're on the tip of my tongue <laughs> yeah um, me and one of my buddies went to go see Fish and <clears throat> like I knew of the band but like going to see a Fish show knowing none of the songs it, it's a long night. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the only band playing for, like, three hours. Every song is, like, 20 minutes long. You're like, what are they doing now? They're like, it's Tweezer again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they kept on doing, like, there's, they did something both nights were, like, the first song of the night. Like, they kept on, like, doing it again in other songs. So oh, they would, like, transition, it. like, back into it and, like, sing the lyrics again in totally. other songs. Yeah. And I was like, is it, like, a 50, like, 40, 50 minute song? <laughs> so they kept going back to it. And I'm like, it didn't end. It's been like 40 minutes. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah like, I've been getting a lot of influence from that kind of stuff uh, over the years. I used to go to like all those events all the time. And I've been to like a lot of festivals where I got to see those headliners and get influenced by that material. So yeah. definitely internalized it and I really like it. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't call us a jam band, although we do dip our toes into jams um, a lot of the time. Like sometimes we'll have a cover buried in our set where we'll jam to the cover. And then kind of jam back to our material. Mm-hmm. I like doing that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just like open-ended jams can be a little bit. You need the right crew. You know, you need the right yeah. people with the right it's not us. kind yeah. of practice. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely a difference between jam bands and bands that jam. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. hard with like, you know, if you have like cello and flute in your band, it's a little mm-hmm. bit like less likely that people are going to want to jam for 20 minutes. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's just like tricky. So we try to have solid parts, solid structures. Mm. Um, I like that clean sound, yes. you know. all about the ear candy. Yeah. Mm. Oh, there's one band, they're a really old band. Uh, what's the name? I can't, it was on the set of my tongue. They have a song called Hocus Pocus. Oh. Oh, the band, band's name is Focus. Yeah. <laughs> Hocus Pocus by Focus. Wow, nice. sick. And like, there's, there's that one song, it's like 
one riff for the entire song. It's like riff, <clears throat> and then like drum breakdown, drum solo, and like vocal solo, and it's that for like ten minutes. And they they keep on like the singer like every time it goes like the vocal break, every time it's like either do like a different like melody vocally or he'll hop on like the keyboard or hop on like the flute and he'll like go all over the place with this stuff and there's there's one video um it's like their most famous video they're playing on some tv show i forget what what the tv show was but yeah it's like a i think that like the studio song is like seven or eight minutes and while they're on the show they're like all right you got like five six minutes left and they're like well our song is like seven eight minutes we need more time well, they're like, well, you only have this much time. So they just decided to play it like 30 B- like BPM faster. <laughs> and then like as they're doing that, like the singer, like the vocal parts are like hard as is. So doing it like 30 beats per minute faster. Mm. Like he's like showing it in his face. Like he's like going crazy. Like trying to keep up with like, the music and stuff. And it's, it's really funny. If you ever get a chance to like watch the video, it's, it's, very, it's very interesting. Nice. That's cool. We have a tune that we like to, after the song is like over, we jump back into it much faster totally and over the years we made it extremely fast and sometimes we would like surprise the audience and make it like super super slow like super sludgy Mm -hmm. and like but yeah we were always like you know we'd be at practice and they'd be like you can go faster like make it faster faster." (laughs) so it's like this punk thing now you know (laughs) do you guys feel like you have found your sound now Huh. Yeah, I don't I know. I feel like with this new album, we really found a signature sound that we mm-hmm. like settled into in a way mm-hmm. that we hadn't on. I mean, I think Beats Began to Rise also had a very signature sound, mm-hmm. but there's like such a nice flow, like rhythmically, I think, with the new album and the way that all the textures mm-hmm. work together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say we have found a signature sound, although now we're reaching a point where we're going to probably pivot a little bit because one of our members we've had for a long time is... Um, moving on and she's getting married our cellist Bex Mm -hmm. so um, this is something we that's very recent we kind of just like played our final show with Bex last night Mm -hmm. and it was really great it's like very amicable and everything and um, yeah we felt like the show last night was like amazing and we had a lot Mm -hmm. of people telling us like that it was their favorite they ever saw us or it sounded the best so it was was cool it was an emotionally charged evening yeah but we're pressing on undeterred you know Mm mm-hmm we, yeah. we wish Bex the best. Yeah, the cello is definitely an instrument that is unique, and it cannot be in every song. So we're so grateful for like the songs that we've written with Bex in the band that we were able to feature the cello on because it was just like, oh yes, cello here, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we you know continue songwriting, we'll probably just like um, write a little bit differently, but but we'll still be able to get Bex in there for the albums too when we like you know have song we're like oh cello for this one. Oh, for we'll sure Bex. for same sure same way we'll get sam for synth sometimes even though he's like gallivanting around the world with <laughs> lauren hill crazy yeah can't even believe it mm-hmm. so when it comes to um writing albums do you feel like <clears throat> do you feel like they have to be a certain length to kind of get like everything across or is it kind of like however it feels like it could be like a shorter album a longer album or do you kind of like try to go for like the same kind of like length to get everything across i think our past two albums have been a similar length Mm -hmm. and um yeah i think for people's attention spans these days too it's like i you know i always loved when i was growing up like a 311 album with like 17 songs on it like i would do that but now i feel like it's harder for people to you know sit still for that long and i i think like a half an hour is fine for an album um i like adding some 
interludes in there, some like maybe like transitions or like reprises yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I like you know seven or eight songs for an album these days with some interludes. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah. our last album was kind of like that, and our new one is kind of like that as well, like eight full songs with some other little stuff in the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as a DIY band, um, that's a good amount of length for everyone to be able to digest. Um, even though there are so many popular artists like Doja Cat and Taylor Swift t- still putting out like 20 song albums and that's dope um, and their fans will listen to it all um, but I think mm-hmm. we're at this place right now yeah I like like a 10 song album a it's, lot of the time it's usually like a collection of songs we've been working on for like that set of time so it, it's like what we've got you know so it's usually like eight, around 8 tunes 8 to 10 maybe right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 8 to 10 I would say so that's what it is right now it seems like you guys have, like we said, an aesthetic, you know, around you guys. Mm-hmm. How important is that from, like, a marketing standpoint to just, like, playing shows? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about that visual aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. I feel like um, we exude this, like, fairy energy, and that's that's a lot of fun to play with. Yeah, we dress up a lot. Like, mm-hmm. we'll have, like, a theme. We'll be, like, everybody, like, do it like this for the show. Yeah, so I'll Especially curate. with festivals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sometimes we'll we're, like, like, this is an outer space, like, psychedelic show. And, like, other times we're, like, this is, like, a fairy meadow kind of show. Right, like, wear your elf ears, you know? Like, <laughs> we kind of just, like, choose depending on if we're playing in a forest or in a basement, like, what the vibe's going to be. Mm-hmm. But it's always whimsical. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we kind of, like... Did you dress it up like for like around like Halloween season? Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. my God, we've had such great Halloween costumes. You totally. want to talk about it? Yeah. So our most recent one, we just did uh, Mario, Super Mario, yeah. and um, she was Princess Peach. I was like Luigi. We had everybody, a whole gang. Yeah, Mario Toad. And we uh, played Mario, Yoshi. the underground theme, the Super Mario basic theme, and the star theme. We just like slipped them into the set. <laughs> And in the past, we've done Candyland and got everybody being all the Candyland characters. Yeah, we did a whole board game. Even had a big board, and we had the audience choose the cards, and on the back of the cards was our songs, so they picked the set list. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, Yeah. that was fun. And they won Candyland, you know? It was like, it was cool. Like, they made it to the end of the board. Mm -hmm. We did Clue. We did a murder mystery. Someone got murdered on stage. We were all different Clue characters. Yeah, that was very cool. And then last year we did Scooby-Doo, but we did Oops All Velma. So we all showed up to the gig as Velma. (laughs) We were like, jinkies! (laughs) That is so good. Oh my goodness. Yeah, too fun. With that, uh, that Clue one... (laughs) <laughs> like it was one of the band members that was like the murdered one or was it like a fictional like person it was actually the host of the festival oh really yeah, yeah. the host died she came and up then and also poisoned us or yeah. poisoned herself uh, the host died and then a, a police officer came to investigate it who also died and then one of our band members also died as well so three Whoa, people died at that show yeah that was, was a real murder mystery that theatrical side of you yeah so we used to like put on Whole blown like shows. We write like at a script. some festivals oh. where we would yeah literally write a script and kind of act out this whole scenario. Um, and over the years, we've kind of like come away from that a little bit and let the music kind of tell the story more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can still find a ton of that on our Patreon, <laughs> and there's some YouTube stuff too. Usually, Beard Fest is where we get like super theatrical because it's just like such an uh, I don't know it's such an artsy scene in mm. every way yeah visually 
Every year we did Musically. something weird at Beard Fest, so like we didn't want to ever disappoint Beard Fest. Like they they've come mm. to expect it, so mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have like a you know some some side characters come in. Maybe they play music with us too. Like someone will show up along our journey and join us for a few tunes and mm-hmm. as a character guide us mm-hmm. to some kind of realization. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's been yeah. fun with that. It's awesome. I know you said yes or last night was last show for a while but how often are you guys playing shows out oh my gosh so yeah we're just taking a break because we've Mm -hmm. been playing like all summer long into the fall Mm -hmm. um almost every weekend tons of festivals yeah it's been a lot of fun um but we need to just like take a little time off Mm -hmm. to write (laughs) write some music relax a little Mm -hmm. Um, but we we don't want to stop you know yeah we've been doing this other series too the rock and roll playhouse where we uh we'll do an artist like the Beatles or Fleetwood Mac um, and just do a whole set of that and that's been cool because that got us into a lot of rooms that we hadn't been able to play in the past Mm -hmm. and learning other people's material is a great way to I don't know get into their head as a songwriter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it just has made me a stronger songwriter I we learned Taylor Swift as well yeah yeah, we did two Taylor shows her songwriting is incredible so it was was amazing (laughs) to yeah, tap into this and be like, oh, wow. Like, so simple yet effective songwriting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was crazy. That was like a sold-out Brooklyn Bowl Philly show, the Taylor Swift show. It was insane. Are you guys primarily playing around Philly? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, over the summer we played at festivals like all over PA, New Jersey. um, Mm -hmm. but West Virginia. But mostly it's like in that tri-state area kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we don't we play in Philly to too New York, often. New York City and just play New there. New York City, yeah. Um, but Philly's our hometown, and we have a, a music venue there that we run out of our house. So, awesome. yeah, yeah, we Cantaloupe Kingdom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're on Instagram. Yeah, we just hosted Kingdom. a band from Baltimore. We hosted a band from Lancaster last night. It was very cool. So people from out of town can come through and play. We'll usually try and match them up with a local so that we can get some friends out and draw. Mm -hmm. Super fun. And what I was going to say just to finish the Rock and Roll Playhouse thought was we are going to do a show at the Brooklyn Bowl on the 18th. Yeah, November 18th. November 18th. And it's Fleetwood Mac, so that'll be really cool. But then after that, we kind of don't have much scheduled for a little bit, so we'll go into our hibernation writing mode. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of my band is kind of like at like that point right now too. We're going to like hibernation writing mode. Yes, mm-hmm. winter. <coughs> Love that. It's always nice to get a little bit of relaxation after like a whole year's worth of like gigging and just like being like really active like week to week to week. Totally, yeah. as fun. It's so fun and it's energizing, but it's also exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of gear. A lot of gear. <laughs> yeah. A lot of driving. Pack it up. Mm-hmm. You know, set yeah. it up. <laughs> Sometimes you don't realize how exhausting it is until you actually have a break and you're like, "Whoa, I just did all of that." Yeah. 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 I'm like wiped out from this weekend. You know. <laughs> you guys prefer festivals to like house shows? Um, I mean, we love. I love every type of show, but. There are there's something so special about festivals. Mm-hmm. Festivals are the best in my opinion, mm-hmm. just because there's so many people who are there to like really have a good time and mm-hmm. uh, you know you get to be outdoors usually, so that's always really fun. I think for it's our a good band. vibe for us, yeah, to be yeah. outside mm-hmm. and um, the you way get to that camp, you know the way that people respond to music at festivals is a little more expressive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's always really fun mm-hmm. yeah, so a lot of flow, flow artists yeah and the fire performances mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then there's usually workshops too where you can go learn yeah. about like foraging mushrooms or like 
stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and are you finding these festivals and what's that process like of joining them? Where are they finding you? I mean, yeah, we're so we have grown really close with the beard out of the beard space community. And so um, it's been yeah. fun to play. That's one of the ways there's like it's cool because there's all these different gangs of people doing festivals and they kind of come together for these festivals. So like Beard Fest has been really successful for a long time. And then there's the uh, the three civil guys out of um, what Williamsport, Halifax. Mm -hmm. Well, they do it in Halifax and they have recently kind of teamed up with Beard Fest a little bit. Same with Pine Ridge in the Poconos. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you know about Pine Ridge Music Festival, Mm -hmm. but very, very cool festival up on Jonas Mountain. And uh, we played there, and that was awesome. So I'm trying to, like, connect all these dots so that all these festivals are friends with each other, can, like, benefit from, like, this network where they can promote each other's festivals at these events. And people kind of come from far and wide to, like, go and play these things. So Mm -hmm. It's been, like, you know, years and years of playing festivals that I've sort of amassed all these contacts. Mm -hmm. And I get reached out to a lot personally by these people organizing these festivals. And it, it feels really good to get to play so many of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just been a lot of like um, organic networking over the years. So. Well, that's one of the most important things when it comes to like trying to trying to make it in like the modern world is like you just need to have as many contacts as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Show up have and do the be best genuine. job you can, mm-hmm. and be friendly to the organizers, mm-hmm. and make sure you're everyone's really respectful and professional, and totally you know, everyone cleans up after themselves and is polite and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You know. You can't party like too too hard in front of them, you know. You <laughs> yeah, gotta you gotta be, ride that perfect just keep line. Keep it professional and mm-hmm. be nice to everybody, and <laughs> you know you're not trying to be those guys that got kicked out because you were too crazy or anything mm-hmm. like that. But you do want to have that gang of people around that really wants to mm-hmm. vibe with you. So yeah, it's a fun. Yeah, we know how to party ride. and have fun, but like the music and the professionality always comes first. And, like, I've gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, I'll have a drink after the set, and that'll Mm. be, like, celebratory. Mm -hmm. And that feels so much better for me because I can put on such a better performance if I focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, we know a lot of guys Growing up. Oh, yeah, you know, we dropped acid before the set, and (laughs) I, I stood there looking at my keyboard like, I don't even know what to do, and I walked off stage. Yeah, our friend was like, I had to walk off stage. <laughs> but that was early on in their career, yeah. so they learned. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> uh, Quite the learning curve. There's, right? um, there's one band where, I don't think they do it anymore, but they used to do that like every show. Whoa. Um, they're the, the Mars Volta. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like. I was at one of those shows. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was at one was of those shows weird? on acid. And <laughs> it was in Philly. And they were done after 50 minutes. They had no opener, no encore. Whoa. 50 minutes. That was it. And most of us in the audience are looking at each other like, is that seriously it? You're like, like, I just I'm, took I'm my acid. Right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like to them, they're, they're probably like, we've been on for like five hours. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know how they could do that, especially with how their songs are. Because they're, they're like, yeah. like a really fast prog band. They must have to practice so on acid. <laughs> yeah, and that's similar to that out of the Beard Space material, if you want to check those guys out, because oh. it's like they're very influenced by them. And I've seen them cover some of their songs, like, to a T. Yes, we love prog rock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you guys must have some pretty wild show stories. Yeah. You want to share a couple of them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see, what Anything comes to mind? Anything come to mind for you? Uh, I mean... 
there are some embarrassing stories, you know, like <laughs> the instrument mishaps, things like that. Oh, yeah, that I might stuff not happens at some of these crazy shows, you know. <laughs> like in our earlier years, there were some mishaps on stage, you know, things like that. Um, uh, just like yeah. the cello has been a thing where sometimes it gets knocked over or something, and you know yeah, that so is scary. the worst when that happens because if the bridge gets knocked out, you have to like such an work expensive on it instrument to get that yeah. fixed, and uh, so. You know, that's some tricky stuff. Generally, though, with our band, I mean, we try to, like, rein everyone in and keep everybody, like, on an even keel until after when we party harder. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we've definitely had those shows where we uh, partied in advance. I mean, sometimes you end up going on way later than you expected. Totally. You know? Well, yeah. It's like you think this thing is going to be, like, a 9 o'clock thing, and it ends up being, like, an 11 o'clock thing, and everyone's <laughs> been, you know, drinking whiskey and whatever. So. There was the show at um, that one festival that we played. We were about to go on, and then um, and then they delayed oh, it because of the rain. The, the but rain we, hit us, and we were so ready. We were, like, we ready because like <laughs> yeah, we were partying a little before the set. So we were on stage ready to rock and roll, and then they were like, all right, it's a delay, like half-hour delay. And we were like, uh-oh. Um, but, yeah, nothing too crazy. We, could, we play at some cool um, burns. Like, oh, I don't know was, if you guys are familiar that, with the Burning Man the crazy scene. Those stories, honestly. Yeah, so we played at places where there's, like, hot tubs like and hot, giant showers. And, you know, and everyone is tripping and <laughs> rolling. And, yeah, I know, those are the crazy shows, I guess. Yeah, and when people can't even stand up to, like, watch, they're just, like, laying down in a pile, like, <laughs> looking over at you. <laughs> you have any stories about watching other shows? Ooh. Oh my God, we've had some amazing festival experiences. I think about Catskill Chill uh, when we took the mushrooms and we got to see <laughs> let was it oh. lettuce? Yeah, in the, that tiny universe, James something's tiny <laughs> universe. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't know. When why we first it's started dating, right it was a few years after we. Carl know. Denson's tiny universe. Yes, thank yeah. you. And break science. We break were like science. melting when we saw Break Science. We so were like, good. what? I mean, I got to see uh, Modest Mouse in a similar state and um, Thievery Corporation and uh, tons of bands that just like blew my mind. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's, much. It's the best when you can just kind of like let the music melt you, mm -hmm. you know? A lot of those experiences really blend together. I, I was going <laughs> to so many of those um and experiencing them to the fullest. And uh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I saw My Morning Jacket <laughs> in Arkansas, you know, mm -hmm. or like just like all these bands, uh, Minus the Bear, I used to go see all the time, RX Bandits. When I first started, really influenced me. When I first started dating you, you had been getting free tickets to go to the Electric Factory. Oh, yeah. Sean I was, was on the hooking promoters up. list all mm -hmm. the time. So. so we got to see Lotus together, and a lot of our first, like, memories together are just, like, at shows, dancing, you know, enjoying mm -hmm. ourselves. So now to be here playing together, it's really cool evolution. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. And now... The festival scene can be a little intimidating for someone who's never done it. I mean, sure. I've never been to a festival, but it looks like a wonderful time. But <laughs> I'm like, mm, I don't know if that scene is 100% for me at this moment. But what are some introductory festivals that you would suggest mm. people go to? Yeah. In Inclusion Fest, for sure. That one's in, it was held in Kempton, PA this past year. Yeah. Um, that one's all about inclusivity and mm -hmm. accessibility, and they try to keep it. Um, yeah. The volume right for everybody. They have sign language um, Wonderful. interpreters. Yeah. And they don't want to like strobe people out too much mm -hmm. or anything. They make sure that it's like 
good for all ages and it's not like super loud either family friendly so inclusion is a good way to start that was mm-hmm. a really good idea i was gonna say like pine ridge is a good one just because it's smaller it's, and small is good yeah it's like less the grounds are pretty focused and concentrated mm-hmm. and they do a great job with the production so it's like they get everyone gathered if it's cold there's a big fire so everyone can gather around the fire mm-hmm. and still see the bands and um they do a good job of keeping it pretty like rocking too it's a very poconos vibe um mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if you were to go to, like, Beard Fest, which I usually kind of recommend people got to go to Beard Fest. Like, it's yes. like, if I was going to recommend one, go to Beard Fest. Just great vibes. But, yeah, there's, like, people there all over the spectrum who, like, it's our it's my first Beard Fest or, like, it's my eighth Beard Fest. Mm-hmm. And some of these people, you know, are, like, super, super, like, one with the woods and swimming in the lake and, like, mm-hmm. you know, jogging around the whole place. And there's all these workshops and people painting, live painting everywhere. But I will say the one thing that I feel like makes festivals accessible in general is that they're just all about just like be you and be yourself. So mm-hmm. like you don't really have to try, you know, you're mm-hmm. you're just accepted as you are. And you can participate mm-hmm. to whatever extent you would yeah. like. Mm-hmm. So no you can pressure. be standing in the back, you know, you could be just like hanging out, leaning mm-hmm. against a tree, watching the music or... Mm-hmm. You could be in like a bubble bath, like a ball pit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like it people... sounds like something I definitely want to experience. So we'll have to look up some. Yeah, yeah. go definitely. camping. Yeah. Yeah, we can give you a list of recs. Yeah, <laughs> please. That sounds wonderful. Are there any festivals that are like your dream festival to go to or uh, play at? Ooh. Oh man, I mean, ideally, so like. I would love to make a festival like Cantalopia, you know, (laughs) that would be so sick. Um, But that takes so much. It's so Mm -hmm. much money. People don't realize to get started on a festival. Mm -hmm. So that's a dream. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've been wanting to play Carnival of the Arts. That's a good one. They hold it at the same location where they do Inclusion Fest. And that's Mm -hmm. like very much where they're doing a lot of costumes and performances and things like that and we always thought that we would fit in there but we haven't heard from them yet so fingers crossed hopefully we'll hear from them soon totally um, but cool. yeah just excite open to like growing we yeah, want to get our festivals we want to get our music on more ears and gain a bigger audience mm-hmm. and just see where that takes us yeah but no expectations just yeah. vibing i'm also hoping to play like i think it's called ramblewood in maryland that would be a cool one to play and yeah. we used to go to Catskill Chill all the time. I wish yeah. they still did that. I'd love yeah. to play that. That, that was, was a very cool place. Good venue. Yeah. It was like 6,000 people kind of vibe, 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. You, a lot of the festivals we do, it's like 2,000 or less people, which I really like that size. But it would be very cool to play like a 10,000 person festival mm-hmm. sometime. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm open to that. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm open. <laughs> I'm like, I'm open, universe. Bless us. We're ready. Earlier, I think, did you say you played Warp Tour with one of your older bands? Yes. Yeah. How did you go about getting into playing Warp Tour? We had to win this Battle of the Bands. <laughs> so it was at the Sherman Theater. And oh. We used to play there, and they would have, like, six bands, and they would be like, okay, you have a 20-minute set, you know, and it was crazy. So this Battle of the Bands was, like, similar to that, and we just uh, managed to win the Battle of the Bands, and the prize was to get to do three dates on the East Coast. So got to play, like, Montage Mountain and Nassau Coliseum. It was really cool. It was We got to play, like, on the stage next to, like, Bouncing Souls and, like, Saves the Day. Uh, so that was cool. We were, like, sandwiched in between those bands. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got to go backstage. I got to see the bled. 
I got to sign some titties. Yeah. I was like, can we tell him? It's Sean's rock star moment, signing boobs. I was like 20. <laughs> <laughs> once, you know. <laughs> There's, um, I went to a battle of bands, not playing, but I just went to like watch. Um, it was somewhere in New Jersey. I don't remember the exact place. But um, yeah, like like the whoever won got like, I think it was like two slots in. I don't remember what the festival was called, but it was some festival over in Texas. Oh, cool. South by Southwest. <coughs> maybe it was uh, a. No. Yeah. Wait, no, is that the one? Yeah, I think that is the one. South by Southwest. Yeah, that's the one that comes to mind. Maybe I, I, it's been a. It was a long time ago, so I don't remember It'd be what so the, cool the specific to play show. That one. Yeah, they won tickets. It was crazy because like, I guess like who the, these guys in the band were like they've been working at it for like. 15 years and that was like the first kind of like chance to get a big break and their singer started like crying because he was like I can't believe Aww. we just won this yeah <clears throat> it's so nice to get opportunities yeah you know yeah, after lot, working so hard a lot of bands like blew up after South by Southwest I know like that's how I heard of like White Denim that's a really cool band that kind of that's how I first heard about them anyway nice but yeah that's a it's probably in Austin, Texas and Austin is a big music town mm-hmm. and I've been there once and it was just crazy like everywhere you go there's like live bands playing in every building. Yeah, so. I know South by Southwest, it's more like, um, yeah, different venues open up, different buildings have you come in and people can walk around the streets. So it's not like a festival proper, but it's a different experience. No, I would, I, I want to I move to Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll go. All the time. <laughs> yeah, Austin's cool. <coughs> Down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard good things. One of the yeah. cooler towns I visited for too. sure. Flat and too too hot for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like the mountains. Yes. Uh, I've seen some other cool music towns though, uh, touring around like New England, like Northampton, Massachusetts is super cool. Yes. And um, Vermont, Burlington, Vermont, super cool. Yeah, North Carolina. Portland, Maine is cool. Oh South yeah, Carolina. Asheville and North Carolina is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I, I used to go to Vermont all the time because like um. <clears throat> One of my dad's friends has like a like a vacation house up there with like a cabin in the middle of the woods. Nice. So like my only like thought of Vermont is like there's nobody there. <laughs> so like the place that we stay at, it's like a cabin and then like just only mountain ranges and they have like one neighbor like five miles down. That's nice. So my only thought of Vermont is like there's nobody there. <laughs> yeah, Burlington and Vermont is like where I think the action happens, a little hub. And there's a really cool That's band where fish from is there. From, actually. Oh, really? really? Yeah. And Cat Ray and the Indomitable Soul Band. Yeah, very They're cool. really good. We, good I bands. love female-fronted acts. So, mm-hmm. anytime I hear like a female vocal, I like <laughs> I, my ears perk up. Mm-hmm. I really do too. And I didn't when I was like younger, like of in course. high school. Yeah. At some point, though, I really flipped the switch on, and I was like, love these vocals. So. Mm-hmm. Started falling in love with like Bjork and all these mm-hmm. female vocalists. Sean actually introduced me to Bjork when we first started dating, and I feel like you know his music suggestions definitely kind of like influenced my writing. So mm-hmm. it was exciting to collab. Yeah, I was with you. I was introduced to Bjork at a at a very young age. Nice. I was like I was like fourteen. I was um I was part of this program called School of Rock. Yes, nice. and um. For like, they have like a performance group for for shows. And for my first like show, I played with them. One of the songs I was playing on it was a Bjork medley. It Whoa. was um, it was what was it like? It, it's oh so quiet, like very like like nice. jazzy type of like kind of like theater type of thing. Uh-huh. Into like a live version of I think it was, it's so many me. Ooh. And it was like a techno version of it. Like so it was army like of me. yeah, army yeah, of yeah, me, yeah. army of me. That's what oh, it was. I love that one. Totally. But yeah, like it was just like a crazy like transition from like this like very like jazzy like 
like theatery type of thing, like right into this like heavier, more like driving, like straightforward song. But it was, that was like my, my introduction to Bjork. That's and cool. It was, it was so funny. Like when I was younger, like when I was like um, learning the song, like like the first one, like the more like jazzy one, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. Mm-hmm. But then when I started like getting more into it after like. I played both of those songs together. I was like, oh, she's actually like really interesting, really cool. Yeah, they're, they're artsy. That's like the only mm-hmm. song that's like that. Artsy. And all the other songs are like also the only songs that are like those songs. It's pretty crazy. Like, like she's all over the map. Yeah. One one thing that um after after looking into more of her stuff, my first thought was like, that's what Yoko Ono wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. I love the music videos too. Like yeah. oh, so yeah. creative. It's another part of like this whole thing that I love so much. Like bands that can create good music videos. Mm-hmm. That still really works on me. I love to spend my time like on YouTube watching bands music videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something that we've been um, you know, trying to do. So we have a ton of music videos out and trying to make more. Yeah, working on one right now. We just filmed one yes. this last weekend. Yes. And um, well, a piece of it. And I'm really excited about it. I think that one's going to be like our best one yet. So Yeah. Do you want to shout out anything you want to shout out real quick? Sure. I mean, let's shout out James O'Brien, who's James O'Brien doing Lemon Media. Baby, our music video. And he did Paradigm Shift, another music video that of ours that you could find on YouTube. Yeah. It's sick. Just incredible production. Like, he's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh... We'll shout out Cambridge Sound Studio. We'll shout mm-hmm. out Magnasonic Studio. Yeah, our yeah. friend Josh Liss, who recorded us, our past album, um, or our current album, Lemon Bops and Melon Drops. Mm-hmm. So that'll be out hopefully next week, you said? Should be out in the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, I gotta put it in stone still, but before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the music video you're working on will be just on your YouTube? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So and if our you Patreon first. Search. Oh, Patreon. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just Miss Cantaloupe on Patreon. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. And YouTube as well. Miss Doc Cantaloupe on Instagram, and yeah, Miss Cantaloupe on Facebook. Awesome. And then you have that final show. You said 18th. Yeah, November 18th. We got awesome. a Miss Cantaloupe and Friends show at the Brooklyn Bowl. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And that's like a matinee, so it's like around noon. Mm-hmm. It's a cool thing they do. It's a family thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then that night we're gonna go to uh, the Ardmore Music Hall to see our other friends and their band. Um, Native Maze. Yeah, Native Maze. Yeah, one of their members. Adam plays with us sometimes, and he's great. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for being here. You've inspired me to look into some festivals. They sound so fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. Traveling, we could do. Yeah. Definitely. Always need. Great talking to you guys. Great talking to y'all. Thanks so much for having us. Of course. Are you ready to wrap this up? Yep. All right. See you, everybody. Bye.